Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Amen. God is good. And all the time. I just felt impressed this morning before we start. Um, Thank you, Lord. I want you to know, God wants you to know, more importantly, that he says in his word that he loves you more than all the grains of sand on, the, in the, on this planet. He loves you that much. So if you're here today and you're just feeling like not loved or whatever, rest in that. Know that God loves you more than we can ever conceive on earth. But one day, one day soon, we're going to see him again. And when we see him again, all things are going to be made new. And when all things are made new, we're going to know all things that we need to know. And I'm super stoked about it. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 6 this morning. But before we get there, and it'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible this morning. I know every week we say, if you have your Bibles, open them up. But it's so dark in here. Better open up your phone, too. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we do rest in your mercy and your grace this morning. Lord, we thank you that you you are actively pursuing your church. Lord God, that you are actively pursuing those who have yet to come to the saving grace, understanding of the redemptive power of Christ. Lord, we thank you today that in the midst of all that's going on in our lives, you are still God. You are bigger. You are greater. You can, you can hold the universe in the palm of your hand. But Lord, we thank you for that majesty and that glory for who you are. But we also thank you that we can understand you on a personal level, that we can have a relationship with you, Lord, in that. We can be changed from glory to glory or from encounter to encounter. So this morning, Lord, I pray that we would continue to encounter your presence in this place. We love you because you first loved us. And we would ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, this morning I want to hit you with a couple questions. The Bible says that we should come together and reason with one another. So this morning I want to ask a couple questions so that we can reason together. Okay, for all you hardcore, conservative, right-wing lovers of the word, fantastic. Cut me some slack. For those of you that think this is going to be a doctrinal point, it is not. It is a hypothetical question, two of which that I have this morning for you. None of which that you need to be answering to me with. Thank you, Lord. But before I do that, I want to thank God for saving a wretch like me. I want to thank God for showing the mercy and the grace to this chump that, this, that when I was lost and no one could help me, he was there. So I thank God for his amazing grace this morning. You know, some 20-ish years ago. Um, thank you, Lord. How many know that we're all getting older? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I mean, 
These devices I cannot stand. I can't believe that in the, the year that we're in, we haven't come up with something better. I know the contacts, that didn't work for me either. Um, but, you know, glasses, man, it means I'm getting old. I could, like, a lot of you think I'm real distant, but I really can't see your face most of the time if I don't have my glasses on. So if you think, you know, just cut me some slack, say my name, I'll focus in. Um, but getting old is, is brutal. It's brutal. Some of us could testify. I, uh, <laughs> but it's also a privilege not given to all people. So we need to take that into consideration. Uh, this week, about, I fell off one roof onto another roof and then started to slide down that roof and happened to catch myself with the last metal seam on the roof, which kind of, you know, helps you to uh, contemplate things a little different. Uh, no more roofs, buddy. No more roofs. Okay, here, here's the hypothetical. We're all getting old. We know that. That's not hypothetical. The hypothetical is, you remember when Jesus was getting baptized? And you remember when the Father, a voice from heaven rang out and said, this is my son who am I well pleased. Follow him, right? Most of us know the story, right? The question's along that line. What if, okay, just hear me out. What if? We heard a voice from heaven this morning come down and say, I will give you three prayer requests. No matter what it is, I will answer those requests. No matter what the dream, no matter what the request, no matter what the prayer, call it a wish. I will answer it for you. My question for you and for me, that I've been pondering for two weeks, is what would those three requests be? We all have dreams. We all have things that we aspire to and love to see happen. Well, you have an opportunity to make that happen. God will answer your prayer. You got three of them. What are they? I don't want to know. It's a scary, it's a scary question. Uh, the more I meditate and ponder on it, the little more sketchy it becomes. But the fact of the matter is, God loves you, and he wants the best for your life. So, as you, we've all, anybody not understand the question, just shoot your hand up if you didn't understand the question. Three prayer requests, God guarantees to answer them. We're not, this isn't theology, this isn't any of that, it is just a hypothetical, okay? What would yours be? I challenge you this week to take this week and meditate on that. What would your three guaranteed answered repair uh, requests be? Okay? Got it? Let that marinate. Another hypothetical, but possible, just like the first one. Jesus has 10 seconds. Remember when Jesus, after the resurrection, would, would pop into rooms, lock the rooms? He would just show up and then just leave. This morning, Jesus has 10 seconds to manifest his personhood in this place, in every church, in every gathering, or two or three are gathered together. He shows up for 10 seconds. He's got 10 seconds. What does he tell us? What does he tell us? Anybody got any ideas what you would think he'd tell you? 
Yep. He would definitely say, I love you. But he's got 10 seconds, and you should know that already. Ah. I believe this morning if Jesus manifested his presence in, in the natural, in this place, and in every church, in every gathering this morning, I believe he would tell us, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteous. And my Father, he'll give you everything you need. He'll give you everything you need. There's a problem, though. Obviously, in our text, it tells us above all else. Why above all else? Simply put, obviously, it's the, the most important thing we can do. But there's also other factors in play here. Those other factors in play are simply that, uh, you know, the psalmist put it this way in the 39th Psalm. He said, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that, and that my life is fleeting away. Moses, he got credit for one psalm, one psalm, Psalm 90. And in that same psalm, Moses says the same thing. He says, so teach us in the 12th verse of the 90th psalm, teach us, teach us to number our days so that we may gain wisdom. Teach us, Lord. So some like 10-ish uh, years ago, we'll just, not long ago or a long time ago or however you want to look at it, Lord gave me this illustration. I was going to put this on the stage, but after the band was rocking out at practice, I figured probably wouldn't be a good idea. The psalmist requests this. The Lord showed me, when I, 10 years ago, I preached a sermon, whatever, and the illustration the Lord gave me was this. So this morning, I want to share that with you in concerning the counting of my days, or Lord, help me to number my days on earth, that I may gain wisdom. If Jesus had 10 seconds, I believe that's what he would tell us. That's what he would tell us, right? Illustration. How many know, or I hope nobody knows, that there's this thing on the interweb called a death clock? And what you can do is you can go to this, I'm not even going to give you the address because I'm not even sure how I feel about it. But this death clock, you put your information in, and I did. And, you know, you hit the button, and I still don't know how I feel about it, but I did it. And I hit the button, and it told me it's projected date of departure or arrival, however you want to look at it. So according to this death clock, I have 17 years left. 17 years. It's like uh, 550 million seconds and counting. 17 years. Well, years ago, when I asked the Lord to help me with this, um, he gave me this jar. And he says, you know, this this rock, this pebble in this jar represents a week of my life. Every day, when you leave the house, you take the rock out of the jar to help give you perspective. Now, it's probably 12, 13 years ago. I'm not even sure. It was a while ago. 
That's how much life I had left. <laughs> but uh, time has stopped because I haven't done it in a while. But what if you took a rock out of your jar every morning and set it aside? What if every week, every month, every year you depleted that? Because the Bible tells us that a man, it's appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. So unless Jesus returns, I'm certain we're all going to die. It's going to happen. It's going to be the great, great day. But day after day, week after week, you leave the house and your jar was up here at one point. Now it's down here. And every morning when I take one of these out of here, that's another day that I don't have an opportunity to make an impact for Jesus Christ. Every day, every week, this will empty out. Your jar will empty out. Seek ye first. One of the greatest problems above all else is the fact that we are living on borrowed time. God owns the time. He initiated the creation. It says that, the, that God giveth and God taketh away. God is in charge. God is in charge. So we're living on borrowed time. That time isn't mine. And the amount of time that he has blessed us with, the measure on which the wisdom I use to, for one of them stones will bring glory and honor to the kingdom of God, or it won't. And as Christians, we got to understand, we're living on borrowed time. And when that time comes, praise the Lord, we're going to see Jesus in, a, in, a, in a, the next breath. But until that time, he has told us to occupy. Occupy isn't a standard to just not move. Occupy is a standard to take ground. So as the church of Jesus Christ, we ought to be taking ground. We ought to be living this week like it was my last. Which plays right into those three questions. Right into those three questions. Yeah, July 23rd, 2040. I trust my God, no, not a computer, you know, and it doesn't matter. But the fact of the matter is that we're all living on borrowed time, all of us. It's not our time, it's his time. Too many of us spend too much of our time worrying about yesterday or freaking out about tomorrow, and we miss today. And God wants his church today to seek above all else his kingdom, his kingdom. How we make use of that time will determine our impact for the kingdom of God next week. Next week. Let me tell you, the second problem, other than we're living on borrowed time, is that we all, all, every language, all, all of us, we will, we will, we will, we will die. Someone's calculated a 70-year span of life. And in that 70-year span of life, they've broken it down into categories of how much time we use in certain areas. And, and it's obviously, you can make a statistic say anything, obviously. But 
Uh, it, it's come from daily bread, so I don't know if that's legit or not. But do you know if you live 70 years, you will sleep 23 of them? 23 years. Work. We're going to work 16 years of those 70 years nonstop. Get this TV, eight years out of 70. Some it's a lot more, I'm sure some it's a lot less. Eating, eating, six years. Driving in the car. Now, if you're from the Northeast or the Far West, your number might be a little higher. But the car, six years sitting in a car out of 70. Four and a half years just chilling, relaxing. Right? We will be sick four years out of our 70. Get this. It doesn't say women, but... It's two years dressing, just getting dressed. <laughs> but you got to hear this. Faith and religion. Anybody want to take a guess? Seven months. Are you kidding me? Seven months. Listen, we fill our life up with so much stuff, we don't have any extra time. Bottom line. We do it. I know this because I lost my cell phone three weeks ago. I don't know about, well, some of you. I've had a cell phone for like 30 years, I'm thinking now. I'm thinking back like in the 90s, right? So like, this is the first time I haven't had a phone in 30 years, right? I'm ashamed to say, I don't know my wife's phone number. I don't know the codes to get in the church. I don't know anybody's phone number. You know. When you lose a phone, it's like losing a bank card. You got to change all your passwords. You have to take, you know, it's, it's a hassle. But what I realized that I felt like I was a, a fly in a car going down 17 at, what's the speed limit? 65, 60, right? And then the window opened up and the fly flew out and all of a sudden all his juice is gone and he's like, whoa. And that was like, the phone. It was like the first couple days I was like, oh my, what's going to happen? <laughs> and I realized that the greatest realization from losing a phone and the insurance that takes a week to happen um, is that my life became much, much more simple, much slower. You couldn't reach me. I couldn't reach you. Things slowed down a lot. And just the simple fact that that phone, everything was tied to it. My life got so busy over 30 years that my whole life was on the phone almost. And it's crazy. The point is, life is busy. We fill it up with stuff. But we're not going to be the people God's called us to be if we have no margin left to, to spend on the kingdom of God. That's why he says, seek ye first or seek his kingdom first, or above all else. Above all else, that's above me. But all I know is that in 70 years, if six months, seven months of faith is what is in view, the church needs to do better. The church needs to do better. If Jesus was here, he said, seek my Father's kingdom now, and he'll give everything you need. Don't worry about all the other stuff. I got it. Just seek his kingdom first. 
live righteously, and it'll all be good. That's what he says. But what does that look like? What does it look like to seek the kingdom of God? Again, Jesus and Luke 6. I believe this is Jesus telling us the importance and what seeking the kingdom of God looks like. Verse 27, 627. How many know that Jesus never does anything easy? Especially with his people. He's never going to give you the easiest job. He's going to give you the most challenging job for you. And this morning, 10 seconds, seek ye first the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and your Father will bless you is right in view. Jesus says, but to you who are willing to listen, that's amazing how that starts. You ask me. He's saying to us this morning, hey, are you willing to listen? Because I'm about to drop some hard stuff on you. Seek ye first the kingdom. This is what it looks like. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Oh, boy. Here we go. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt too. Give to anyone who asks. When things are taken away from you, don't even try to go get them back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you, have do, if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners lend other sinners for full return. Verse 35, love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting repayment. Then your reward from heaven will be great. And here it is. And you will truly be acting as children of the most high God. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. That's some hard word from Jesus. That's some hard word. If this is what seeking the kingdom of God is, we need to be praying people. Because I don't know about you, but none of that is easy for me. At all. At all. Why would this be the passage we would seek when um, we're talking about seeking the kingdom of God? Why? I'll tell you why. Because nothing else happens without this. The fact of the matter is that I am the enemy that you are or were the enemy. And God's love is shown in us by loving us the way he did. And we too need to show even our enemies the love of God because I was the enemy at one time. Fallen humanity needs to be transformed by God's love and his, his example exemplifies to us what it all looks like. We know that God's love is unconditional. His love for you today is unconditional. You didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to go anywhere, become something, or not become something. He loves you unconditionally. 
Romans 5 says, you see, at just the right time, when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's me. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might dare die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While yet we were still sinners, he died for us. I'm a sinner saved by grace at that point. Same with you. Unconditional. His love is unconditional. It's given to you freely. He loves you that much. It's not only unconditional, but we must, we must, I say again, we must share this love with the enemy. If no one shared that love with this enemy, God knows, by the grace of God, go so go I. And maybe you, everybody in here, the Bible says that you cannot be saved apart from hearing the word of the truth, the word of the gospel. So we've all been there. There isn't a person on the planet that deserves his mercy that deserved any of his grace. This is very difficult, but it is a requirement from the words, from the lips of our Lord. It's a requirement. Romans 5 and 10 says, for since our friendship with God is restored by the death of the Son, while we were still his enemy, he will certainly, we will certainly be saved through the life of his Son. So because of his love, his mercy, his grace, his calling, his work, all of it, his doing, chose to bless me, chose to bless you. We need to be so grateful for that, that even the worst of the worst I'm willing to go to and share that truth with. It says that we are more than overcomers by the word or by the blood of the lamb and the word of my and your testimony. I'm telling you here today, come on guys, today that God, that challenge is so challenging, so hard, that it's only by his love that we're able to do it for others. It is only, he, he, the Lord will transform the heart when you do something so sacrificial out of love for Jesus. Seek the kingdom above all else. It's pretty clear, right? There is no, well, in lieu of this or maybe because of that. Above all else. I'm going to close in the book of James chapter 4. What if we heard today? What you gonna do with your pebble this week? This is a gift, right? This is a gift from God. My next breath is a gift from God. His mercy permits me to stand today. What are you gonna do with your stone? What are you gonna do with your day? What are you gonna do with your week? your call but if Jesus had 10 seconds to speak to you directly in person 
And he said, seek ye first, or seek the kingdom first, above all else. I'm pretty sure we'd all make the most of it. But if you're here today, you're going to die. We have to die to live. But until then, we have to seek God's will. Not in a super spooky spiritual way or any other kind of way, but to make your time valuable. Lord, help me to number my days. If I got 6,500 days left or I got one day left, seek Jesus first. If anything, if this could be the last word that I would ever be able to share with anybody, let Jesus transform you into more like him that's only going to happen in the hard times in the hard challenges in the challenges of life love your enemy he says yeah you've heard it said what all these other guys are saying but I'm telling you for my people for those who follow Jesus this is the way this is the truth this is the life this is what matters not lunch in 20 minutes what jesus wants to do in your life he wants to use you to make an eternal difference in someone else's life he wants to use you to change the course of eternity for someone or many with the understanding that God's love is so thick, so deep, so wide, that the sands of, the, of, of every beach couldn't represent the magnitude of his love for you and for me. My heart found a surgeon. My heart found a surgeon, but even better yet, my soul found a friend. Don't waste your rock. Don't waste your rock because you don't even know when you're going to slip off a roof. God loves you. I want you to leave here understanding that God loves you. He loves you the best. He loves you the best. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. James 4. There's probably some, I'm putting that rock back in the jar. <laughs> there are some here today that know what's coming. There are some here today who, when I lay this challenge at your feet, will you listen? Jesus says, will you listen? I'm looking for people who are willing to listen and not procrastinate and not do your own thing. The brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, James, said this. Look here. Gotta love these new translations. Look here. You who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year, we'll do business there and make profit. How do you know 
what your life will be like tomorrow. Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, what we ought to say is, what I ought to say is, what you ought to say is. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, I'm just boasting about my own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, church, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Jesus says today, seek today. Seek at lunch. Seek going down the highway. Seek at home. Seek before you go to bed. Seek when you get up. Seek in the shower. Continue to seek and go after him. Above all else, anything that exalts themselves above God must be pulled down. And it will not be us. We will not be the one that needs to be pulled down. Lord, help me. Help us. Help your church to count our days. And not to put it off or not to put my plans in front of it, but to allow the God to work through it and in it. God loves you with an everlasting life. He is ever faithful. He is always seeking. He is always willing and wanting to bless you. So this week, I implore you with all that I have, I beseech thee, brethren, that if you take your call with Jesus serious, your relationship with Jesus seriously, take this week and ask yourself that question. What if God would give me three requests? What would those requests be? And my prayer and my hope for me and us and his church is that those requests would be in the will of God and not some escalate or, you know, the lottery ticket or whatever. <laughs> God loves you. Don't ever forget that he demonstrated that love while yet we were still sinners that we may be here today. But listen, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, the Bible also says today is the day of salvation. Yeah, today is the day of rejoicing and celebrating and, and just there is life where death was. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, shoot your hand up. No count, no nothing. Just shoot your hand up. You want to know Jesus? I want you to know Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Praise the Lord. Everybody in the house is saved, redeemed, is highly favored and blessed, anointed afresh. And thank you, Lord, because we're going to need it this week. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you yet again for all that you've done for us to watch your son suffer and die, to permit that, to allow that. Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice that you have given, for the suffering that you've endured, all to be the savior of my soul. Lord, today I do thank you that we will seek your kingdom first above all else. Help us, Lord. Help us to count our days. Help us to maximize our rocks 
We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And all God's people would say, amen. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.